0: A look behind closed doors, an ear for disregarded topics, a voice for the quiet ones. Up next on ARA City Radio, Francisca explores local matters.
1: My guest on local matters today is Uyidia Odji. You are part of the European Network Against Racism and you advocate for digital rights within the perspective of social justice. This Saturday, the 14th of October, you are going to speak in Luxembourg in the framework of Black History Month on the topic of racism in artificial intelligence on algorithms as automated systems of discrimination, actually.
0: Yeah, to be honest, I look forward to to see the audience and to see how we are going to interact also with the with uh, the other the other person, Tululupe, that he will also bring the perspective of the industry.
1: Mm, so lately, artificial intelligence has been a lot in the news. On the one hand, of course, because of these rapid developments, and specifically also always with regard to the dangers that these technologies might cause, especially if they are used at a large scale by a public audience. So. Artificial intelligences have been reproducing racist, but also sexist stereotypes. From your point of view, from your experience, how dangerous is this? How dangerous do you perceive this?
0: Well, uh, nowadays it is very dangerous in a way that we are normalizing the use of AI in any aspect of our lives without knowing the consequences that these might have to our lives, and especially the consequences that these might have to people uh, who have been historically uh, out of the digital world uh, being um, discriminated for their origin, their their gender, their sexual preferences, etc.
1: Now you will be speaking about the topic at a podium, so apparently not everything is lost if you continue to speak about it. Do you see any solution?
0: Well, uh, the solution is that many actors can sit and have a place in the table, and that they speak on how we want to look uh, from now on on the concept of innovation, Uh, because we need people, for example, from civil society organization who can bring, for example, the concerns of the use of AI. But also, of course, we need the developers of these tools so that also we can have the conversation and just try to understand how they work. And also that we can have uh, on the table the politicians or the, or the policymakers in this case, so that in the end, we go hand in hand and that we all go through the same direction, just making sure that fundamental rights are always in the forefront of the development.
1: So in the end, this would mean that you would try to restrict the use or the development of artificial intelligences.
0: Yeah, uh, sometimes it's not even the restriction. Sometimes it's the completely ban of, of certain uh, uses that we that we that we have. Like for example, a remote bi- biometrical identification. That we know that for sure, it is going to not work well for everyone. So that accuracy or percentage of accuracy, we know already that is very low on people who have a black and brown skin. And just by knowing this, we cannot permit the use of these kind of technologies, for example, in the public spaces, knowing that there might be people who, who would be most probably stopped by the police more than others.
1: Have there already been such initiatives or any talks on how to restrict artificial intelligence?
0: Well, uh, we have at the moment at an EU level... The AI Act, which is the first regulatory framework that the EU is building, and, and, and actually it's the first framework uh, across the globe that we that the government or the EU government wants to wants to pass. But still nowadays we know that there it is in its trial phase, which means that there's conversations between different institutions from the EU. In this case, it's the parliament, the commission, and the council. And we see that we need the perspective of uh, development of innovation for sure, but just, but also by making sure that fundamental rights are are on the table and making sure that no one is is set aside when when in the end there's there's an agreement because at the moment we see that, for example, um, when when the use of AI or any technology is used for the purpose of national security, we know that any development on this area is out. It will be most probably out of the AI Act, which means that in the end, many people who suffer, for example, from the border management or migration or even law enforcement will be most affected because the regulation that we are trying or that the policymakers are trying to bring on uh, will not protect them. So, yes, there's already legislation that is being developed. But at the same time, we have to make sure that there's guidelines and specific guidelines to make sure that everyone can use them, but uh, without harming any other person.
1: Where do you see like the biggest danger, maybe? You already talked about the face recognition where um, people of color would maybe be disadvantaged. Do you have
0: other examples
1: which you consider really dangerous?
0: Well, for example, we know that in the case of policing, we see that there's predictive policing tools that nowadays are in use. Our governments, they use them for the sake, as I was saying before, of uh, national security. This will allow many uh, problems because we know that the data that has been used in order to train, for example, these kind of models come from the past. And just by the reports of the past uh, knowing that the police usually has been patrolled historically in certain kind of places where people who have a low income or have a migration background have been living there. And just trying to predict the future with the information that we have in the past is uh, inherently biased, will probably make uh, the decisions that we want to see from the future also biased. And just taking into account that also the predictions will be used also to train itself the model, in the end, There's a problem of feedback loops, that we call it, in the end, in which we see that all the time we will be feeding these kind of models for predictive policing in a way that there will be mistakes that uh, these kind of models will be reproducing all the time.
1: I imagine that um, outside of, well, the police is like this uh, closed administration. It's public and somehow controlled by the state. Um, Is it even more difficult on a free market of technology companies to put regulations on this phenomenon? Especially you talked about EU regulations. If we go globally, this might be even more tricky, right?
0: Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, The problem is that we depend or the governments depend on the implementation of these kind of tools from, uh, they, they depend 100% from private companies that in the end, because they, they want to keep the secret of their algorithms or, or their systems that they are deploying, they are not going to, to be open and explain what kind of parameters they are taking into account and how these parameters may be biased towards certain kinds of communities or people. But for example, what we have at the, in the EU AI Act is that those systems that are considered high risk, because there will be like a list of systems that will be inside of this package, let's say, one of the things that they will have to disclose is to make understandable, or that the citizens can learn and understand what kind of parameters are being used in every deployment that their products are being used. But of course, uh, nowadays, something that worries us as a civil society organization is that the consideration of a high risk uh, model nowadays, it's still under negotiation, but what we see is that there's the danger that in the end, the developers or the vendors of these systems will be the ones that they will have to assess if their system will, will be under a high risk uh, measures, which in the end, will mean to make transparent to make transparent their code for example and to follow fundamental rights impact assessments to make sure that no one is being impacted and so on and so forth so nowadays we have the danger that in the end the people who are responsible of classifying their models or their systems will be the own developers which in the end is it's it's very dangerous and problematic
1: okay that sounds indeed dangerous Let's hope that civil rights organizations as the European Network Against Racism, of which you are part, manage to turn the developments into a favorable direction. Thank you OYIDIA Oji, For all those who want to know more about the topic of racism and artificial intelligence, you are invited to join OYIDIA's Conference that is going to take place this Saturday, the 14th of October at 3 p.m. in the framework of the Black History Month. And you can find all information on the website of the hosting ASBL One People. So the website is onepeople.lu. That was Oji Oji. Activists for Digital Rights with the European Network Against Racism. And she's going to speak in Luxembourg this Saturday. This interview is part of this week's Local Matters on Black History Month.
0: That was Local Matters with Franziska Peschel every Tuesday to Thursday at 9.40 on City Radio, 102.9, 105.2, 87.8 and in our podcast on aracityradio.com.